Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, we are back. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us. The great crew on hand today, Lance Lee, Jakob Swanson, David Reed, the chairman of the board, Emma Notstein making the show happen for us on social media. Uh, what is up, guys? A lot to discuss with one half of the final four set. We're going to preview the Elite Eight matchups coming up later tonight. And... A 17-game NFL schedule, Tennessee Power Hour in an hour from now, a lot to get to. It's a beautiful day, beautiful day with plenty to discuss. People always ask me, is his real name Jakob when you intro the show? <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be. Yeah, that's, that's what he told us on day one. It's actually Jacob, but he said, if you want to call me Jakob or uh, Bath Salt Bandit Bath or whatever you want to call me, Bandit. it all works. He responds to anything. It's a beautiful name. He really is responsive. That's what's great about him. He's a very responsive man. What's up, Paul? We're learning more and more about him. He's fascinating. I am well. There's too much Texas in the Final Four. Yep. Uh, don't like that. Arkansas streakiness. I just both of those games. I just want it to be close. Want it to be close. Want it to be close. So it's not close. Well, You're close to 66-60. Yeah. You come down and what do you do? This this is where the game loses me. 66-60. They're in it. Just go down and get a good shot. Get you know close it to four. No, I got to jack up a bad three. Then the other team comes down. They get a good three. 69-60. Game's over. I'm blanking on his name right now, but I, I was sitting hot in a text because we had betting interest on that game also. I was on one side with Arkansas. He was on the other, the winning side with Baylor. They covered by one. I think it was a, what, eight-point line. They won by nine. Yeah. Uh, number four for Arkansas. I'm blanking on his name, but there were some bad shots taken when they had a chance to make it close where he was going down and taking some awful shots. Uh, that, that was frustrating. Now, I will say, I thought Oregon State was buried. In the first half oh, of that game, yeah, and that too. was going to be a blowout. Watching. And I, I, I checked out for a bit and came back and saw them come back and tie it. They banked in a three 55, to tie it. And I'm thinking, if you're banking in a three to tie it and coming from 17 down at halftime to Chances tie it up, this good. may be Oregon State's tournament to win it all if that was the case. But credit Houston for sticking with it and bouncing back and, and winning that game. Houston's been very impressive. I continue to overlook them in almost every game. Uh, Paul, you sent the stat out that they have not played a single-digit seed in the tournament. They're the First only one final ever to reach four the final four team yep. to not play a single-digit seed crazy. In, the, ever? in their path, ever. In the history of the tournament. Isn't that crazy? Here's my thing about threes, and I, I, I battle this. So we're talking about this. Like, I understand that shooting a certain percentage at three is more valuable than shooting a better percentage at two. And in the course of the meat of the game, that's applicable. But then when, when you're down close, you can't accept 
33% or 35% or 40% at three. Because if you miss it you're, you're, and you don't get the offensive board, you're, you're, you're done. That's the scenario I'm talking about at 66-60. You have to be 100% from three right there or the game gets away from you. So you have to get a higher percentage shot and could guarantee that you make a shot in order to stay in the game. So 40% from three there does nothing for you if you're missing the 60%, right? Because the game's over. You have to extend the game. And the only way to extend the game is to make shots. And, and so you have to get a higher percentage. You have to get to the rim. And then, then who, I don't know if I'm talking about the same game or the other game. The kid drives to the basket and dribbles it out of bounds. I mean, those are precious, precious possessions there. And there just was that a, was Oregon State. Yeah, there's just the a game. carelessness in both of those games late with the shot selection and with the ball protection that made them both feel really disappointing to me when I'm desperate for, for close games. Not in the point spread variety, of course. Right. You want the drama of March Madness yes. in the final two minutes of every game. Yes. Yeah. Well, and Houston's uh, ability on the offensive glass was huge. When you talked about the percentage when you shoot a three of getting the offensive rebound, it felt like in the last seven minutes of that Houston-Oregon State game, they were going to get every single offensive rebound in the game. It was impressive to watch. The winning teams hit the glass. in these games have been getting offensive rebounds like crazy. And, I mean, it feels like defensive rebounds are a, are a hopeless thing for losing teams down the stretch of some of these recent games that we've lost. FanDuel.com slash OK360 is the website to go check out the lines for tonight's matchups. You can also preview the Final Four matchup with the early lines out for Baylor and Houston, the matchup of Texas there. As you check out the lines, you see Baylor giving five in the Final Four in the early matchup. And tonight in the Elite Eight, Gonzaga and USC, the Zags giving nine points and UCLA and Michigan, the Wolverines favored by six and a half. This evening, we tip things off with Gonzaga, USC, and then Michigan, UCLA as the nightcap. I'm scared of both of these games, point spread-wise. Like, you just read those, and I just, like, uh, re re retreated. Well, it's the first time Gonzaga has been a single-digit favorite. They've been a double-digit favorite in every game. And I could see USC... Hang in there. I could see him losing by 20. Well, the the Zags close halves strong. That yes. that's why I would I would give the points here. I think I think it's right on there around nine and a half. Vegas is already always on it, but I, I would lay the points tonight. USC though, they have been the underdog five times in 32 games this year, only five games, and by no more than three and a half points all year. So this is also uncharted waters for them in a matchup, but that's how good Gonzaga is. But that's also showing the respect of what Vegas thinks of USC with how they've been playing against far and away the best team in the, in the we, tournament And we right say now. that sometimes, like they're conscious of the spread or care about the degree of underdogness, which I don't think at this stage of a tournament when they've played well, they're, they're thinking about Though they know the Zags are the stiffest competition. I don't know if they pay attention to it, but... I pay attention to what Vegas thinks of these teams because they're dead on. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I do too. Look it's at the scary, it's scary how close they are in some of these games. I'm very them. confident in Gonzaga covering tonight. 
which almost gives me a level of concern. And you've liked I'm so confident. Yes, but I'm so confident that they're going to win by double digits that I'm almost a little bit worried how confident I am that it's going to happen. It's one of those where you see the line and you think, what am I missing here? And I know USC is very good, but, I mean, we're talking about Gonzaga, maybe one of the greatest college basketball teams of all time. Yeah. And then Michigan favored by six and a half against UCLA. The Wolverines, very tall and athletic. They protect the rim extremely well. I think this is one of the nail-biter games, Paul, that you've been waiting on. I, I do think I would lay the points in this as well, thinking that free throws at the end get Michigan by six and a half. Paul's a Northeast guy, so he's going to hate this. Michigan, the last team in the tournament east of the Mississippi Isn't that River. Amazing? Yeah. And if hey, they lose, the it South is all too, west of the Mississippi. That for affects all the, teams. the South, too, by the way, not just the East. I know, I know. But I'm saying, especially <laughs> you loving your Northeast basketball, yeah. uh, certainly that's, that's crazy to think about. But Michigan's yeah. the last team east of the Mississippi that's left playing. I wonder if it affects the ratings at, at all in the East and the South. I'm talking the East side of the country. Uh, Eastern time, this late game starts really late. And then it's got Western teams in it, uh, you know, especially if it's not close in the second half or TV's going off in the East well, Coast. They can't be happy. I, I say this. Not a not, start on a Tuesday well, not, night. Not just that. They, they can't be happy with the, uh, with the decision to move to the Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, right? Monday, Tuesday's tough. So, Friday night. You're giving up a Friday night for a Tuesday night. That's, that's a monstrous difference in lifestyle TV watching habits. I think on in the first round when they went Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That was okay for the tournament. Thursday, I think they're probably okay with that setup. It was still. I think it was down three to four percent from 2019 to 2021 for the opening two rounds combined. That's not as drastic though as this. Yeah, a a Thursday, uh, and you had that first four also. But you're giving up a Thursday for a a Monday. You know, I think the one night that they just hate to be on normally is Friday night when it comes to these games. Like the old Sweet 16, Thursday, Friday, Elite 8, Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. To get in that Sunday slot in the Elite 8 was big time. That was the late afternoon games, back-to-back, when you're in those Elite 8 games. So I I think from a television standpoint, Friday night, Saturday night, not good spots to be in on TV. But I, I... I like to experiment with new schedules and new things, but this is one that didn't need to be messed with, right? I know why they did it, and it's a different year I, for that reason. Why did they do it? But go back to Thursday, they Friday. It. They did it because they wanted – part of the reason they did it is because they wanted the first four to blend right in like as an every-other-day thing. And so that wasn't going to be on a Tuesday night spaced out the same way. You could do way. that on Wednesday night in the same that city. That was going to be the first. But why, I think they I wanted an extra. How did that help the COVID ratings? Time getting Maybe they wanted an extra day for COVID testing in case someone had something happen in the conference tournament. I, I, don't, I don't know. But they, they, for whatever reason, they changed it. But I don't know why you wouldn't go back to the original format. But it hasn't affected the Final Four championship Monday night in their schedule. No. That's still going to be Saturday, Monday. I don't. I don't uh, and for the Thursday night, Friday night thing, I mean, if you're the core viewing audience on this, I mean, you're giving that whole four days to the tournament, the first weekend, right? And we're all into the tournament. I'm not having a date night Friday of the tournament. I mean, my wife's in enough that we're watching the tournament that night. If my kid has a practice that or a game, that's the one thing that interferes with that. Otherwise, all of us are in front of the TV for all of 
that. I mean, I, 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 now, my kids got a game tonight. I'm going to miss the early game, largely because I need the point spread on, on Hojo Elite in Brentwood. But outside of that, I'm coming home. I'm, There's also something beautiful about, especially for our jobs, coming back on a Monday and talking about everything that happened over the weekend and not previewing games on Monday and Tuesday like we are now, or on Monday for second-round games, like it was in the first and second round, right? That, that was sort of the beauty of it. It's like the golf tournament Neat schedule. And tight. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, back-to-back weeks, Saturday, Monday for Final Four and National Championship. There's something that rings more true about that when you can Finale. recap an entire weekend of basketball and set up the next week on Monday. So I kind of like this that we've got I'm really nitpicking games. here now with it, but – it just goes yeah. to show that the old setup is better. But it's our life. I, I kind of like this element of it, that we've got games to watch and talk about mm-hmm. daily and bets, bets to I play. Haven't, so I haven't hated it, but I, I don't understand the reasoning behind the move. But a 9 o'clock game for East Coast people is just awful in any sport. We talk about these start times all the time. I mean, you're not drawing in any kid is not going to see the, the Zags until Saturday afternoon. Yeah, my five-year-old's been in bed for about an hour and 15 minutes when that last game tips, tips. <laughs> when right. it starts. I mean, into that now, if you have a five-year-old, you know, right. I think most kids, what, 10, 1030 you're staying up to. So you're going to see the first half? Maybe, and that's, that's central time we're talking about. Eastern time, no chance, forget about it. But if you've got a kid in central time, you could probably see the first half. And, to be, on, and to be honest, I need to stop saying this. As if my 11-year-old might watch that game if it was on earlier. Now, he's going to bed 9, 30, 10. But he's not sitting down and watching a basketball game. Now, these highlights of the Zags, if they have a buzzer beater and they're on YouTube, a YouTube highlight reel two years from now, he'll see that and he'll run downstairs and say, you got to see this. But that's how he's consuming it. Coming up, we will give our thoughts on the 17-game schedule that the NFL is expected to approve at the owners' meetings, which are taking place today and tomorrow. And uh, a a little bit of the player backlash. We'll we'll give our thoughts on what the players have said about this 17th game regular season um, and why it's on them, ultimately, if they don't like it. Um, But when we come back, Manny Higuera went viral. 5'5", 285-pound kicker for Arizona Christian. He hit a game winner and... uh, if you haven't seen this. He set the internet on fire. Yes. Manny Higuera, the foot, will join us when we come back on Outkick 360. Hang with us. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. The crew is all here working hard behind the scenes. We will uh, chat with Manny Higuera coming up in a few minutes. FanDuel.com slash OK360 to check out the lines for tonight. Curious, guys, um, more, uh, which commercial to you is, mo- is more annoying with the CBS, TNT broadcast and the NCAA sponsorships? Is it the, the Geico commercial with the singing car ornament? I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Let's yeah. make lots of money, which plays every commercial. Or is it the, let's go now to our NCAA correspondent on CBS and TNT, Lily, from AT&T, with these terrible jokes about, like, here's what inside the paint means, and here's how to paint your face. It's just 
it's dumb. Yeah. There's there's two sides of this because I've been out on Lily and uh, AT and T <laughs> and whatever her actual name is. Is that her name in the commercial? Does she have a name? She goes by Lily. Like you it, can see everyone on the terrible. panel smile to the camera. Let's go to our core spot, and they're just like, whatever. It's, it's terrible. Uh, th- those are bad. Uh, the the one about let's make lots of money, equally as bad. I'm gonna go with Lily. More annoying because there's been more overkill with her. On the flip side of that, though, the tag team ice cream Geico commercial that they play still in rotation on that. Scoop, there it is. Scoop, there it is, is uh, still great. But you know who it's for? I, we, I sing along to it every single time, and my kids are the same way. Once it comes on the screen, they're going nuts. Do you know what that advertises? Ice cream? But, well, insurance. Yeah, but which company? Geico, right? Yeah. Yeah, they said the Geico ad. But, yeah, no, it's, it's – I, I, I'm still enjoying that one. I, I've reached my limit on that one, finally, though it lasted a long time. You know that I believe there should be federal law limiting the shelf life of commercials. I actually am in But yet on, the crying Jordan meme still works. Right. Well, There's no shelf back, life though. on that. No, it boomerang, though. It's a lot of things that we think are funny, I think. It's funny – it fades a little bit, then it boomerangs that back, and then it stays. I don't think it ever faded. Funny. I don't Jordan think might ever. not have faded, but a lot of things that are funny. That's one of the few. They, the they Sister stay. Jean crying Jordan blend that you said <laughs> was terrific. Was amazing. We send each other crying, In the crying Jordan memes, and then uh, the, one of the other ones who didn't send it says still funny, and then the third one agrees, like likes the still funny. We, we just find it perpetually funny. Well, the new crying Jordan, though, is anything from the last dance. Like everyone yeah. can put any GIF from the last dance, and it's funny. The, right. the, you know, the one about, and I, I took that personally. You know, that one that people put on a lot of things with Jordan's face or him looking at the iPad. Also, his eyes getting the big. Rodman GIF where he's going, you know, all the directions thing, I think that's from the, the last dance. That's one of my favorite yeah. ones. My vote is um, uh, actually for Scoop. There it is. I've grown tired of it. Wow. I, I, I don't like the li- these, I don't like these Lily commercials, but I like li- Lily overall the character. So I don't. This set of commercials is terrible. Her behind the desk is not her setting. It's not her. You need to see more of Lily, is what I'm hearing. No, I, no, I think she's a. Let's good, not cover Lily up behind the desk. Well, she needs here's to be what out I like. Front. Here's what I like. I think she's a good commercial actress. And I think they have a diversity of commercials. So most of the time when a Lily commercial comes on, it's one of five different commercials or six different concurrent commercials. Yeah. And like Geico, they've got a lot of different commercials. It's not the same commercial over and over and over, which I can and appreciate. And that's the corporate but aspect of the NCAA. Yeah. But these, these uh, behind-the-desk things are overly repetitive too frequently the same thing and they don't work they're, they're not and they're taking her out the, of her environment there it's in the t- same color scheme as the ncaa court which is just bland and vanilla everything looks exactly the same you know it's, it's almost one of those uh, things that it's, it's almost depressing it's funny yeah. for a moment you know, like when you hear phil collins voice sometimes and it just depresses <laughs> you no matter what song it is like there's a certain you have to be in a certain mood for oh, phil collins I wish it would rain yes but but there's other times where his me. voice sounds like a rainy day yeah. much like the song you're talking about i think with those commercials there's a certain depressing hue to the commercial. <laughs> like the color scheme and everything about it, when you see it pop on, it's, it, it really brings me down. Just a quick wrap on this. They go to her behind the desk like it's a surprise the first time. But if you're watching the tournament, you're watching a lot. And so the, the surprise is over after one time. 
Then they do it 100 times. Well, 99 times, it's no longer a surprise. There's something about the tag team, uh, Scoop There It Is commercial. What gets me every time is the geeky dad, and he waits a beat to get into it, and the way he puts his hand up to start the dance when he's doing the, the whole thing. That's not a dad. It's gets, a son. gets me every time. That is not the son. That is the dad dancing. There's the daughter, the mom, and the dad. No, that's the daughter and her boyfriend or a brother and sister. Can we uh, chime in on Twitter and let us know? Am I crazy? That's what the dad. That? I'm having a hard time picturing it right now. You that guys? is absolutely, guys, you've seen this commercial, right? They have not seen this commercial at all. So our two producers don't busy. watch television. They're very busy. The only thing they see that's on a screen is us every day. These guys don't own a TV. Tweet They us. don't watch it. I don't know how you would not see this commercial. It's either a brother or a If you owned a, a television. It is the dad. It is 100% the dad. dad. No it way. is mom, dad, daughter embarrassed by dad when he starts doing the goofy dance to the song. I'll pull this immediately. I can't believe you think well, this is the song. I, I feel like the, the boyfriend would have a more hip response to the dance than the dad. The boyfriend so is hip. Goofy, the daughter gets frustrated and walks out. If it's a goofy out. dance, then... It is absolutely the dad. I can't say this any stronger that Paul is so far off. This is almost as bad as years ago Paul had a take that, that Peyton Manning wouldn't mean more in Nashville being a Tennessee grad than he would other places. I still don't think. I mean, uh, which was an awful take. Anyway. Paul thinking this is the son is equally a bad a take. The scoop there it is, Geico commercial. It's absolutely the dad. Nope. UW on Twitter chimes in. That is the dad slash husband dancing. He is the father. With the lady. Derek, 100% the dad. Paul, you are so far <laughs> off on this. I'm amazed. I'm polling it right now. I can't even picture the person right now. Oh, I only I can pay see attention it. to tag team, and that's it. I can see him every it's that It's the dance that gets me every time that makes me laugh. Uh, UW also says on Twitter, I love the Capital One commercials with Chuck, Samuel L. Jackson, and Spike Lee, but Jim Nance seems awkward and robotic. Indianapolis. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. The NFL, they are moving to 17 games in the regular season. This has already been approved in the previous CBA. Um, but, Paul, they're going to move forward with this this coming season. They're going to vote this through today and tomorrow with the NFL meetings. Yeah, some, uh, some players, particularly Alvin Kamara, uh, expressing surprise or contempt for this. Well, Chief, you voted, and not you necessarily, you might have voted thumbs down on the CBA. But CBA passed narrowly, and this was in the CBA. So you shouldn't be surprised. You know, if you have a big complaint, complain to your union, which accepted it in the CBA they presented to you to vote on. It's, it's, it's not a surprise. This was a done deal a year ago, uh, over a year ago. They have played 16 games in a regular season since 1978. I believe I have that year right. Uh, across the National Football League. They'll move to 17 in 2021. Uh, the idea is the schedule will be a three-game preseason the fourth week of the preseason will be treated as a bye week. Every team throughout the 17-game season will then get another bye week, so you still have one bye week throughout. And the Super Bowl schedule will be pushed back one week. That's important because of President's Day. They are now creating a holiday prior to President's Day. So you have the Monday off, generally speaking, from work after the Super Bowl. Now, it does, President's Day in 2022 does not fall the day after the Super Bowl. 
but in the remaining years after on this agreement, it will fall on the day after the Super Bowl, so which is brilliant holiday. marketing uh, to pair the Super Bowl with a day off after the biggest game so of the year. Most people don't have President's Day off, right? Though it's a federal holiday, postal workers, bank, it's a bank holiday. I think a lot of people do. And if the businesses choose not to take it, they will now <laughs> because the they're, I, I, a lot of employees are taking that day off anyway, sports fans. Yeah. Um, look, 17-game schedule, a couple things that change the fabric of what the NFL is. First off, you can't have a 500 team anymore. You're either a winning team or a losing team. Um, you know, some people will say that's good. I think it's, I don't know. I, I like that 8-8 eight and eight is kind of the the benchmark and you got to get above it or below it oh, to we, really establish We will have an 8-8-1 eight, eight team this year. Yeah, you're right. Um, also, <laughs> also records. You know, we've had now a long, long time of what what benchmarks are for a 16-game season. Mm -hmm. You know, 2,000-yard two, two rushing season like for Derrick Henry that, that he just had for the Titans is a, is a very big deal in a 16-game season. It's slightly less of a big deal in a 17-game season. A 1,000-yard rushing season, which isn't a big deal in a 16-game season but still gets celebrated as some sort of an accomplishment is no sort of an what is it 60 yards a game in a, in a thousand yard season it's it's less and less of an accomplishment in a 17 game season but we're going to still hear it cited as if it's some sort of thing a lot of number calibrations a lot of records that could get g stretched out and you're going to have to say but that's in 17 not in 16. that's um, literally the only reason i don't like this yeah it's for the record keeping and the continuity of the game in the history of the game because more football more is football. better. Right. I don't, and I don't think this is an anti-player stance by me, even though the, pl the players have a problem with it. More football equals more television money, equals more gate receipts whenever all fans are allowed to go back to games, which will eventually equal more money for the players, which is a good thing for the players. I, I'm all for it. Well, what it, see, I understand the record-keeping aspect of this, but the current the current group of players, the elite players, are blowing these records out of the water already anyway in 16 games. You know, the, the real downside is for a guy like Drew Brees, who has certain records that he holds for touchdown passes and yards. Yeah, right. that's, that's now going to move forward with a guy that potentially has one extra game per season over a 20-year career right. to break it in 16 instead of 20. But... The, the guys now in 16 games are crushing the players and records from the 80s, generally speaking, and 90s. Uh, whenever we compare seasons to head-to-head uh, -head with some of the all-time greats. And I, I'm, I'm strictly saying from, from guys who have recently retired that we're comparing now to the Pro Football Hall of Famers. Some of the records that you've debated, Paul, inside that room for the Pro Football Hall of Fame those numbers have been shattered anyway over a 16-game season over the last 15, 20 years. Right, but like you're saying, in, in 20 more years... Yeah, uh, but you're still comparing that to the through, era. Going through another cycle of it, and you get an, a 16-year career, uh, you're getting another season's worth of games. What's in interesting is the, the players were not clamoring for this. The fans, really, were not clamoring for this. This is just All the over. money grab. Yeah. And... The, the players now are citing, you know, the health and safety of the league, and that's fine. But they're still going about this and collecting that paycheck because it's 
a great paycheck. They're playing Thursday night football despite a short week because it's a great paycheck. And Amazon's paying an exclusive rights deal for that now moving forward. Uh, uh, the, the players will complain on social media and show up on game day well, like they always yeah, have. And on the Thursday night football thing, let's make it clear, players hate Thursday night football from Sunday end of game to Thursday end of game. Then they love it. But, because then they've got a, a, a mini bye week and they've got 10 days till the next game. So as long as they make it through that game, they're completely fine with it. A quick aside, I concede it's the dad. Lebowski has sent the credits from the commercial. <laughs> it I, says I don't know husband how he finds slash it. dad. It's played by Anthony, Anthony Goolsby. I mean, he does a hell of a job. I, I concede. I'm wrong. Hutton's I'm not familiar with the commercial. commercial enough, but if Hutton was, if Hutton saw it one time, oh. I'll show it to him during the break. In one time, you'll yeah. be able to say, this is absolutely the dad. I don't know if you can't see your television. I don't know how anyone would think that was the son. I've had extensive. I'm trying to understand how you would think I that was the I have had extensive conversations with my wife about <laughs> why the boyfriend slash brother is so much cooler than the daughter. That he sticks around and dances while his girlfriend or sister leaves the room. Paul does not see And about age. how this is a man and woman thing, and the guy <laughs> is cool, and the girl's just too cool just, for school and has to storm out. I mean, we could, I could spend so much time just interrogating. If we could get you on a couch, and I could psychoanalyze Bring in the couch! You as to how you thought that was not the There's dad a couch or the husband. There. If David didn't have a bad back, I'd ask him to literally <laughs> bring in the couch. Beep on Twitter says, that guy in the commercial is neither dad nor boyfriend, He's the acid kid that broke into PK's house. <laughs> oh. There's an exciting twist. I assure you, he is not unrecognizable the acid kid. because he's clothed. Let me just again. I, I, what Please I want, take your pants off so I can recognize. What him. I don't want lost in this, and this is very important. What I don't want lost in this is the fine acting job of Anthony Goldsby. Whether he was a husband a brother or a boyfriend. He's excellent. He's doing that dance where you hit legs with each other before the girl leaves, and then she leaves, and he does it with like a phantom partner. He continues his dance despite the fact that his dance partner evacuates the scene. See, Mike on Twitter went to the, as far as to freeze the picture of the guy and girl in question and the guy is wearing a wedding band on, so he's definitely oh, the dad. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm Here's what you need to, to do to know the that's the dad. Watch the commercial and look at the man. I've got a bigger It's TV. clearly a dad with his daughter, I've and he's a, married to the woman that's there scooping the ice cream. I've got a very bad. Where, where do we think, since you know so much, where are they coming back from? I have no idea. The store? Yeah, give me the story. You got the background well, of this Well, I can thing. look at someone and say, this is clearly the dad of the daughter. Every context clue and also you know, every is, physical clue by looking at the baldism. This is baldism. He thinks that a boyfriend or a brother couldn't be going bald. Therefore, it has to be the dad if this guy's losing no, his head. That guy is not going bald. It's the father because the, 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 uh, the credits of the commercial say so, not because of some bald. Well, who had watched the credits to the commercial before Lebowski did this great piece of Paul, you really need to stop defending this. This yeah. is one of your worst You're completely takes wrong, and I I'm haven't even seen this I'm going to show Hutton guy. during our next break. Twitter this is commercial, it's not even close. No, not one person agrees with you. Not one person even understands how I you can think that. I'm admitting I'm wrong. No, you're still defending it. You're saying, oh, how is it because he's balding. This is hairism. He is bald. You think because he has hair, he's the son. <laughs> the guy is not even bald. How dare you assume that every, every man with hair is, a, is I, the son I, of a commercial. I, I think he's beginning to lose his hair. The father can't have hair anymore.
I do think he's beginning to lose his hair. I, I'm just so confused. David, is he losing his hair? <laughs> oh, my God. We all are. Uh, Reed is efforting uh, Manny Higuera, who is the foot. <laughs> Not known as the hair, but the foot <laughs> for Arizona Christian. He we'll ask a, him what he thinks about He had a 46-yarder for the win uh, in the NAIA. NAIA at, uh, he went viral because he's 5'5", 285. <laughs> yes. And he hit this kick from 46 yards. Uh, to send his team to the Sooner Athletic Conference Championship title. Follow us on Twitter, Outkick360. I posed a question on our Twitter account of, in, in honor of our, our guest today. Who is the athlete all time that does not fit the physical stereotype of the sport or position they play that you love? Um, one that comes to mind for me, speaking of a little bit of a heavy set person, okay. Oliver Miller. The Big O. Great one. Uh, I love the Big O. I also, you know who immediately came to mind? Muggsy Bogues. Yes. We've got a number of Muggsy Bogues votes. He's a good one. I don't like Bowl Bowl throwing around (laughs) three-point shots. (laughs) Well, Manute Bowl would shoot the three, too. He would shoot the occasional three. And they can hit it because they're, they're throwing a different shot. They're throwing it down into the basket from back there. But... I've heard little guys dunking is good. Big guys shooting threes bad to me. Is it? I also thought of Jeremy Lin for some reason whenever mm. we first started this mm. discussion. Now, that that may be part of the the perception of watching him only on TV against like guys that you know of the same caliber, where you see a guy that it's like Steph Curry. Steph Curry's what six three, yeah, but he looks six feet tall. Amongst the the giants yeah. of the NBA, well, like Steve Kerr is six five. That's there, see exactly. I remember seeing Steve Kerr at one time in the concourse um, at Bridgestone Arena for the SEC tournament when he was the Suns GM, and I, I'm six three, and I walk past him like Steve Kerr is huge walking through the concourse, and you would see him and not think that he's Oliver six Miller's five. a great one, uh, Muggsy Bogues. I think of undersized big men. Well, Charles I said Barkley this about Buddy at six five, six six yeah. in the position he played. I said this about him. Buddy Beheim as he emerged during this tournament. I said to Chad, how big is Jim Beheim? Because clearly Jim Beheim had to be bigger than I thought for his son to have his on-court stature. And sure enough, Jim Beheim, I think he told me, was six four. Well, I guess. And Jim Beheim was a good player. He's six three. I just looked up. Yeah. He's six three. And I pictured Jim Beheim more as, you know, he, he's a whiny, hunched over dude. Well, he's, who comes he's really like as a five eleven because he's so hunched over, but yeah. six three when he straightens up. Yeah. Anyone in the NFL come to mind? Oh gosh. You know, Reggie. I mean, Drew Brees Roby, is Reggie known Roby, for being the, He's he's Doug Flutie he broke that mold. D- Doug if Flutie. you're looking at short quarterbacks, Reggie Roby was big for a punter. There was a fake punt the other day going around, a classic fake punt by him where he kind of. Fake punted it, put it behind like somebody was going, and then he ran. He looked like a linebacker. He's a big, thick guy. I had a big confrontation with him once with him getting in my face and yelling at me out in Bellevue uh, outside of Nashville. <laughs> he was a big Speak man. Speak up for when a you tell these stories. Was you not, start to whisper when you tell these stories. He, was, he was not the uh, quintessential punter. Yeah. Sebastian Janikowski. Mm. There's he a, was a, fat. Especially with our guest, he was tall and fat. Had the gout also. Yeah, he does. The dreaded gout. <laughs> rare, rare athlete gout case. Yeah. You don't see that That's not day. an athletic disease. It doesn't strike no. me. Hit us up on Twitter, at Outkick360. You can let Paul know how wrong he is if about the commercial. I just have one more thing on the commercial. I, I don't think our production crew got enough. Now, they may have just been buried in work, but these guys had nothing to say about the commercial as if they haven't seen it. They haven't seen they, it. They, they said earlier. They, they not seen it. Neither one of them has seen it. 
They don't they watch television. I'm telling you. They, if you would have been listening during the live segment, you would know that they've already told us that they haven't seen the commercial. Yeah. How have they not seen it? <laughs> I, I want to investigate further. You you want to investigate me misinterpreting we the need commercial. To, let's, I want to investigate them not seeing the commercial. Let's stick to what the real story is. <laughs> Are you guys on planet Earth? We have to get to the bottom. David Reed will help us also. Let's get to the bottom of how in the world Paul thought this was the sun. During the break, Hutton, who apparently has seen the commercial but checks out every time it comes on, will watch it and give us. I think his I've opinion. noticed everyone except for the father. How many in this people in the United States of America have not seen this commercial? Ten. Two of them are sitting right Stop here. Stop trying to change what the real story is. Paul, now, this is what he does he, he's dead wrong. He diverts the I Lance said I'm wrong. And now he wants to make Lance and Yakov the story, wrong. not the story. I'm wrong. We will not be wrong on our picks tonight for oh, the no, we're gonna Elite Chase eight. and crush. We will. We continue <laughs> to chase, although two for two last night. We build on that with our picks coming up I with Michigan it, and Gonzaga. We tell you why we're giving and laying the points. That's straight ahead on OutKick 360. Outkick 360. Follow us on Twitter at Outkick 360. If you're watching on YouTube, we hope you'll hit the subscribe button. If you're watching on Facebook, share the post for us as we spread the word that Outkick 360 is available live every weekday, noon Eastern, 11 Central, right here across the Outkick network. Crew is all here. Uh, the poll question well in uh, the favor of Chad against Paul. I deleted it. Uh, I deleted the poll question because <laughs> it's such an infuriatingly dumb question. To ask, and I only approved the question if Paul denoted that at Paul Koharski NFL thinks that it's the sun. What do you think? Is in the it scoop, dad there it is, or son? Uh, because we can't be asking dumb questions like that on this show. We just can't do it. It was fine. Look, there he is. There he is. Easily could have been an older boyfriend. <laughs> an older boyfriend. Or an older brother. At the parents' house. Or an older uh, with brother. With Gray and his beard that finishes the commercial dancing with the mother. <laughs> Look, if it not put the that, daughter. If so, it, shockingly, <laughs> this older uh, gentleman caller, if you will, with the daughter who's clearly in high school, then finishes the commercial <laughs> doing a dance routine with the daughter's mother who also happens to be his girlfriend's mother, sure. according to Paul. They have a good relationship. None of this makes logical can, sense. Can you put that back up one second? Look, look at the puzzlement on his face. If we put that back up, the puzzlement on his face is like the puzzlement on my face, learning that he is the father rather than the brother. The puzzlement on his face is seeing right? tag team in his tag kitchen. Tag team is in his kitchen. With That's his the wife. Puzzlement. I'm saying That's it's a similar to my puzzlement now. That man is clearly a father. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've Look got Chad. some good mileage. We've so got frustrated some, by this. We've got some good mileage out of me, <laughs> for, the, the me pretending like I thought it was the brother or the boyfriend. We've got some good mileage out of The me. director's notes on this thing was... <laughs> You're going to walk into a kitchen, and the, the 90s rap duo tag team is going to be there rapping, uh, pouring ice cream with your wife. So react surprised. And Paul's thinking the notes are, oh, we're, you're surprised. Just act surprised, and you walk do in. I, um, oh, my God. Do all commercials have credits like that, or is that a special Geico feature? Well, that Lebow was Lebowski, a, send me a That thing. was a Facebook post by them for people asking, them crediting the actors and the 
Guy did a phenomenal job. He's the next Denzel. No, <laughs> this man. No matter he the play any role. Hey, no matter the room. <laughs> no matter the room. No matter the room for interpretation, I maintain the guy did a fantastic job. <laughs> Quite the impression on Paul. I'm just, I, again, we had the still shot, I'm looking at it. And Hutton watched the video. You watched the commercial once. Immediately, Hutton's like, oh, yeah, that's definitely the day. Hutton didn't even remember it. I'm saying the guy's given a memorable acting job. Hutton didn't even remember it. Well, see, I think it's Tuned great. Tune him right out. I think it's great casting because you. I only remember tag team. I, I couldn't, if you oh, had the other three so members. The other three are of the commercial, they are. If you like, in my in my recall, if you line them up, I couldn't tell you this guy's in the commercial, that woman's the mom. See, I couldn't I tell see you nothing else. Well, this speaks to a bigger issue with Paul, and uh, this is a little <laughs> bit of a, a side story time. That this this brought up the story do, to do me. Tell. Paul is one of the least observant reporters that you'll ever uh, encounter. I, I observe Just when it's in the, I'm saying in the wild. Like when you're into your <laughs> in thing. In the wild. Right? <laughs> when Paul's in the wild, he, he sees nothing because he's so tunnel vision on if he's writing a story, working on something, he sees nothing else going on. Or if he's trying to talk to someone, it's laser focus and does not see anything. The head is not on a swivel. We're in Indianapolis one well, time. Well, I don't care about combine. a lot of things either. We're That's leaving one bar, going to another, and we walk out. And Titans head coach Mike Vrabel's just hanging out, kind of walking into the restaurant. Hutton and I say hi and walk past. Paul with us, right? We're a, a trio. I think maybe Kirby was with us at the time, too. I was struggling, Four of us I was there. struggling yeah. a little bit. Four of us are there, and Paul walks out, and we're having a conversation him. about seeing running into Mike Vrabel, and Paul goes, who? Where'd you see Mike Vrabel? Where? Really where? Where is he? <laughs> Paul, he was just, we just ran see, into him. This story is a little skewed because I know a whole bunch of people in the NFL and they know one. So I'm looking all over the place That's at incorrect. a whole bunch of people and he's looking at Vrabel. And is this the same night? I'm sure it's the same night. We walked out of a restaurant, and the only person in front of us is Mike Vrabel. This is the <laughs> Everyone same else night. is in the restaurant. This is the same night where one bar earlier, Chad ran across the street, dropped his hat in the middle of the street, didn't pay any attention to it. It was a very whatsoever. windy night. And again, Would have been perfectly happy without not, a hat. It was Who recovered not, the hat? Okay. Me. This is not a hat. It was a scarf. scarf. Not a hat. I'm Same not a thing. hat guy. I was not wearing a hat in the middle of Indianapolis. I didn't have a fedora on that Paul picked up like I'm damn Indiana Jones running across the street. It was a scarf that blew off in wind. Very fashionable. Uh, I was, did Chad pay it any mind when it blew off? I was no, angry with Tennessee I losing to a bad LSU team. And Will Wade, and I want to get back to the hotel. And then my scarf I don't need my clothes And I didn't anymore. care about a scarf at that point. Yeah. Paul, again, the least observant reporter you'll ever encounter. Evidence. Example A is the fact that he thought the Geico commercial scoop, there it is, it was the son and not a father. How have you failed with phone numbers oh, recently? I, listen, we were at the Combine last year, the last Combine. I wish it was the, <laughs> the last, last Combine. I wish it was the last Combine ever, but that they're going to resume it. We had <laughs> Zach Taylor, the coach of the Cincinnati mm -hmm. Bengals, on, on uh, Radio Row. Good get for us. We had a nice conversation with him. I had met him at the previous owners' meetings when he was hanging out with Matt LaFleur. Got to know him a little bit there, you know, over beer, just, you know, 10 minutes. Reached out to him to see if he would join us on the radio. He graciously said he would. I'm like, hey, I'm developing a relationship here with another head coach. Good. Asked him for his phone number. He gave it to me. Can't find it anywhere. I, I, I'm developing a bad reporter habit of not immediately putting a number into my phone. Tear up my office to find the combine notebook where I should have written down this phone number. 
this was during the season, like after the Cincinnati. This surprised me because you are technologically savvy. Yes, after the after the Cincinnati game would have been a good time for me to have checked in with him. Titans Cincinnati game. Yeah, can't find it. Find my combine notebook. It's not in my combine notebook, which means you know how I operate. I've got my notebook where I'm writing everything down, but I've also got a folded sheet of paper like you operate, where I've got kind of my question. So I'm kind of reading off of this notebook and writing into this notebook. Yeah. So I might have written it down on that sheet. You know how those sheets, those sheets go by the way. It's lost. So the guy gives me his phone number, but I don't have his phone number. And then again, last night, a Titan who I'd like to get in touch with right now, odds are he probably wouldn't respond, but I'd like to reach out. And I got his phone number during the course of the year. I know precisely after which game. I didn't put his number into my phone. So this is two failures of the process. And I know which notebook it's in. I went through my notebooks last night from last season. And which game is missing? I, there might be more than one game missing. But this game is missing. That one game. That one game is nowhere to be found. Uh, now I have the notebook from before that game. But I don't have the notebook from that game and after. So I have got to get in the rhythm of getting those numbers into my phone immediately. And I've killed myself on two occasions where reporting-wise it could really help me to have those numbers. By the time I get to see Zach Taylor again and get that phone number, he will be an offensive coordinator again, <laughs> which is fine. He'd probably be more helpful in that role. My word of advice for anyone that currently works for a company, which is probably the majority of people watching, uh, save your contacts in a backup because what I have learned is when you delete, when your employer quickly deletes your email address, um, you have nothing but phone numbers and not the names. So as people and clients, former clients, reach out to me and send me texts, I have nothing but a phone number as a reference. The name is completely wiped from my phone. Really? Because the, because the email address was connected to wow. a certain account. Yeah. That's so I've just got a bunch of people texting, but it's just straight numbers. When you lose that business email account, I'm always also waiting on the people who are going to come back and say, I've been emailing you for months. Yeah. <laughs> I've been reached out about this opportunity and you never got back with anything. I don't have that account. Anymore. I never relied on that business email account. That's smart. That yeah. was smart of you. All those times you guys told Well, I didn't want to change the password every three days, which was a big part of it. Here's but, another lesson yeah. for all of you that work for a company or any company. Don't sign a non-compete. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. Refuse. Don't do it. Refuse. Um, if they want you bad enough, they'll let you skate by without signing one. Yeah. Get the numbers in your uh, in your phone book in your contacts and then those contacts should be updating to the cloud i think everybody's doing that you guys familiar with the cloud i've heard of it yeah <laughs> not the geico commercial the only the cloud. cloud that Jakob knows about is coming out of his <laughs> volkswagen van before he uh, when he parks out here in front of the studio that's the only cloud he's aware of guys let's give our locks tonight fandle.com slash ok360 do we agree that we're laying the points in both of these games I am taking Michigan and Gonzaga. I, I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, I don't really know what laying the points means. I know you say that a lot. You're saying you're taking the favorite to cover. Yeah. I'm taking Gonzaga to cover. Nine points. I'm taking Michigan to cover. So, six yes, and a half. I'm laying the points on both. Nine and six and a half are the current Yes, line. though, I'm a little bit worried. Very confident in Gonzaga. Not as confident in Michigan. See, I'm a little bit if worried. I to, if I had to rank my confidence level. I'm a little bit worried uh, on the USC front. I, th I think they could wiggle inside of that. I, I, think that's, I think that's a really close game in the nightcap. You know where I've had some real success at FanDuel? 
Live first betting? half unders. If you look at this uh, what, has it's, been it's, it's under been like tournament. 75 to 80 percent in the tournament where the game's been starting slow point wise and you can hit on that first half over under. And I've been going first half unders. With I some think uh, I think the first half line for Gonzaga last night it was one and one though. It's one. I, I tried to parlay it oh. both first half unders. Baylor Arkansas was way over in the first half with points, and then Oregon State Houston was way under. If not for the Alabama overtime in he the Sweet 16 round, the first seven games I didn't check on the eighth. The first seven games of the Sweet 16 would have gone under. On the full game. Mm-hmm. On the full yeah, game. That's crazy. And they're all 140-ish, right? I mean, they're all in a in a very tight yeah. range outside of the outlier, you know, a big outlier on the top and the bottom. The, the average is very close in there. They expect the game to be a, a low 70s. Last I checked with FanDuel, the first half line for Gonzaga tonight is minus five. Minus nine overall. Maybe worth jumping on. <laughs> Maybe worth jumping on. Coming up, the Tennessee Power Hour. A lot to discuss, including where the Titans were today, uh, where they were represented today by John Robinson at Pro Days. Two across, big ones. Yeah, a- across the country. We'll give you the latest there. We discuss all the Tennessee headlines straight ahead on OutKick 360.